Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 52 of the Mess Hall Podcast. That's right, 52 weeks so far every week. That's one year of podcasting. Thanks everybody who's listened so far. I really appreciate the support um, and the great feedback that I get from people. So thank you very much for listening. And, you know, it's been a great, great experience so far. So thanks to everybody that's been on the podcast. And again, thanks for the great support from everybody that's been listening. Um... This week's guests, I have two guests. We did a special event. I was calling it the uh, Mess Hall Podcast Food Fight. So, Kevin, Adam, thanks for battling it out on trying to define what is the better food. It's going to be a special two-part episode. So, part one, I hope you enjoy it, and here we go. The Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. And usually I have a single podcast shout-out every week. I'm changing it up a little bit this week because the Alberta Podcast Network is a great place to have your podcast. There's some great podcasts on there. And I want to give a special shout-out to two podcasts, which were both winners of the Canadian Podcast Awards. So first off, Cross Pollination. It was the uh, 2019 Canadian Podcast Awards Outstanding Business Series Podcast. You know, it's a great uh, podcast. I know I've talked about it before on my podcast as a podcast shout-out. So make sure you give a listen. MB does an awesome podcast, so make sure you listen. The other podcast shout-out is going to the Bothy uh, Storytelling Podcast. Callum Lincoln does an awesome job. I enjoy it. I've been enjoying his podcast. It's one of those ones that I listen to religiously. It's always on my podcast stream. I'm excited when he finally puts out a new episode. Sorry to say finally, but I'd love to hear you more on a weekly basis. So congratulations, Callum, on the arts uh, side of the podcast awards. You know, both are great podcasts. And this is why I love being part of the Alberta Podcast Network, because there's such a wealth of talent. There were other nominations, so, you know, again, go to the Alberta Podcast Network website, albertapodcastnetwork.com, and make sure you check out all the great podcasts. There's a ton of them, so thanks for listening. So everybody, welcome to the first ever Mess Hall Podcast Food Fight. Um, I'm going to start off with a little intros here. So Alex, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name's Alex Cobb. I've been cooking for about 15 years, done everything from dishwashing to executive chef. Uh, right now I work as a food operations director and own my own private catering company. Nice. And Kevin? Uh, I'm Kevin Giggy. Um, I was in, was in the food industry for about 25, 30 years, um, range of Areas from dishwashing to minor management at times. Um, just enjoyed it, but I needed to spend more time with the family, so I took a different path. Nice. I thought you were going to say from dishwasher to 
executive dishwasher. So. That was the first big step. <laughs> they, they didn't want to make him feel valuable. <laughs> so um, one of the big things about this food fight is I, I believe that there's a lot of controversy with uh, food. Whether people have strong opinions, and I know we talked about beforehand about especially pineapple on pizza. We're not going to get into that one today because we all agree at the table here, pineapple does belong in pizza. If you don't like that, too bad. Um, But the first one is not so much an argument between each other, but what makes a good burger? What what do you guys think? Um, So, Alex, if you want to start. Yeah, I, I think really for a good burger, there's probably two main kind of, Elements. The first is obviously going to be the meat and, and the meat-to-fat ratio. So what, what kind of grind are you using? Are you using just a, a normal chuck? Are you throwing brisket? Are you throwing short rib? And, and kind of what the ratio is and, and, and are you blending meats and things like that? And the second, and I think almost equally as important, is actually what kind of bun you're using. Yeah. Right? If I, I've had some really rough experiences where someone pulls out like a multi-grain bun that, you know, is probably drier than a stick of chalk. Right, and that's not very fun. But then there are times that you get a bun that's too soft and, and the burger kind of soaks its way through it and it becomes yeah. soggy and it's just not very fun. Other than that, I mean, there, there's so many different variables. I'm sure Kevin's got some opinions on it. You can go... I, I think if you have a stronger meat and you still do a good grind on it, but you want to add in like, like your fat, as you are saying, or something like that, you can... Look at different binding agents. Like do a mayonnaise or do an egg or or even add in some like some oats and stuff just to get a different texture and to kind of let some more flavor in to kind of soften it up. But, yeah, um, I'll, I'll agree with the button aspect. Like you, you gotta have something to accompany the main part of it of the protein. Like, yeah, it's gotta be sturdy, but not you know brick sturdy. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I like. I agree with both of you guys. A bun also makes the burger. Um, sesame seeds on buns. I, I, I don't mind it. To me, it feels very fast foody. Okay. Um, or, or very kind of your family got together at a barbecue and you used the pre-made frozen patties. There's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. There, there's a time and a place for it. But, I mean, with all the, the specialty bake shops that are popping up everywhere um, and all the different types of bread that you have available... Um, I don't think there's any reason you shouldn't be ex- that kind of experimenting and experiencing different types of bread, um, especially if you're using different types of meat. Like, I don't think a, a traditional white bun that works for, you know, just doing a, a normal smash burger works the same as it does uh, for a bison burger. Yeah, right? yeah that's true. There, there, there's different meats, different qualities, and, and I really think that the bun, other than just being a carrier for it, should be used to accentuate it, similar to a topping. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you make some good points there. Um, what about other meats in it? Like, do you, do you guys believe in the chicken burger or pork burger? Uh, or are you guys just more just... I'll go for space? a like, ground turkey burger opposed to, like, say, a chicken breast. Yeah. Um, that That's a sandwich. Exa- exactly. That's, that, yeah. that's a sandwich. It's not a burger. But, like, because like, you were saying, like, bison or pork or lamb I've done a lamb burger before and that was really good those, yeah. are, those are good that, that was really yep. good yeah so what about toppings what what toppings go on a good burger well for for that one I think I mean obviously the traditional lettuce tomato onions are always a, a good standby I'm a big fan of 
of crisp pickles as opposed to like the really weird thin like yeah. cross sections. I don't like those too much. Um, and then cheese wise, I really think it comes down again to the, the meat. If you're doing something like a, a smash burger, which for those who don't know is when you actually take the ball of meat and actually like pound it while it's on a hot griddle so it gets super crispy and thin. Yeah. Something like American cheese fits perfectly for that because it's supposed to be quick, kind of greasy and really just like fill your face. Whereas if you're doing something like a bison burger, like you were mentioning, it, you have a bit more leeway because it's got a bit more of a gamey taste. So you, it can take a bit more kind of... Yeah, like stronger cheese. Stronger cheese. You could do blue cheese. You could do... Uh, one of the best burgers I ever had was down in Anaheim, and it was a bison and pork blend, and it came out with a house-made pepper tabardi. Nice. And it, it, was, it was really good because it had a little bit of fat element that added to the fact that bison's really lean, and then a strong enough flavor that it didn't get lost in, in the strength of a bison. Nice. So we, what about your toppings? What do you like there? Um, the traditional things, obviously. Um, but one thing I really like toying around with, like, that I've, my, me and my kids really like, is doing some bacon and avocado. Nice. On top. Nice. Yeah. And it's hard to keep up with the <laughs> amount of avocado and bacon when, when they're around. But, I mean, they, it's something they enjoy. And it's very West Coast of you. Very West yeah. Coast. Yeah, it's just it's just something I, I wanted to try one time. I said, like, "This is dinner. If you don't like it, and then they ask for more." So, <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, I, that was a winner. So there See, you go. I, I used to love the lettuce, tomato, onion on burgers. Yeah, and I like lettuce and tomato, but what I do now is I pick them off. I, I'll still eat them on the side, mm. but what I find is they add too much uh, viscosity. Because when you're eating it, I find that's what causes a burger to fall apart. Uh, I would agree to an extent. It, I think it depends on the stacking. Mm. right? I, I think there's a lot to be said about a good sauce on a burger. And if you don't have that, you're right. You can see a little bit of sliding between yeah. your lettuce, your tomato. You can see everything just falls apart. Or you're that poor guy who's ending up with half the bun and a quarter of the burger just because of how it's stacked <laughs> yes. in your hand. Yes. Right? I'm sure everyone's seen that. Yeah. But you have a good sauce, right? And it tends to act like a glue, yeah. right? And, and for me, the, the best way to stop it is, is something th- kind of thicker, more viscous, like you were saying, like a mayo is, is really good. Um, different aiolis. Uh, d- d- different yeah. aiolis are great. Um, and the other thing that I see a lot of people make mistakes on with their veggies, if you're going to put veg on, please dry it. Yes. Yes. What lettuce on a bun... <laughs> It gives me headaches and heartaches at the same time. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about, like, um, like onion rings or stuff like that, fried egg on a burger? Is that a good burger topping? How hungover are you? <laughs> uh, usually not when I'm having a burger. Sometimes, yeah. Because for, for me, that's where a fried egg belongs, is on a, a breakfast after you maybe stopped two or three, sh- you know, too far of where you should have stopped. Yeah. For, for me... I don't know about you, Kevin, but onion rings are, they're a side. They don't belong on a burger. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What about French fries? Still cuts? hungover food. It's an onion ring, but <laughs> not, not on a or, burger. Or, or fat day foods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone has their fat day. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Um, I know one other topic on burgers, medium rare versus well done. I know you guys. Um, well, unfortunately, being in Canada, we aren't actually allowed to serve medium rare. Yeah. Right. So. Most people in Canada have grown up on well done. So Montana's five hours away, it's worth it. 
I think the real test for a Canadian making a burger, especially up here, is can you still make a juicy burger that is well is well done? And the best answer I found for that is actually to take kind of an old Italian trick um, for making meatballs and incorporate a little bit of it into a burger, and that's soak a little bit of bread in milk. And then you kind of emulsify it in by working it, right? And that adds just enough moisture that you're not, you know, biting down and getting a piece of leather boot. It's not the same as a medium rare. Medium rare, you're just getting the natural meat juices. But, I mean, it's an okay stopgap if you need one. The last couple times I've been in the States and we had a burger, I got it medium. So I, I, I prefer medium. Yeah, I know yeah. you prefer medium rare. Medium rare, yeah. Interesting. Good, good. Um, so right now we're going to roll right into the uh, bare knuckle getting ready to fight here. So I'd like to point out I have a reach advantage on Kevin, and it's not a small advantage. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a fair fight. No. <laughs> so um, on a smoker. Okay. I know, okay. Alex, you're going to take the side of the pork belly. Sure. Kevin, you're taking the side of the brisket. Yeah. Why do you guys, Kevin? I I've started with Alex first already. Kevin, up to you. Why is brisket better on a barbecue than pork belly? I find there's more. I've only done pork belly a couple of times, so I played around more with briskets. Have your mate long, pot of coffee, and a case of beer outside with your smoker for eighteen hours. Yeah. And you can play around with it a little. You can do a. a a wet brine on it for a couple of days leading up to it or a dry rub get your smoke your Montreal style smoked meat or just a more doneness one with just a dry rub I, I just I find that you know it's, it's funner to play around with the brisket and monitor it and just have your different degrees of how it's going to turn out interesting that's a good take Alex you know Kevin Belly Kevin makes some really good points. I've had some killer brisket before, right? Yeah. And, and brisket is by far one of my favorite meats. But with, with pork belly, the wonderful thing about pork is that it's kind of got that sweeter neutral flavor. It takes a lot of, of different things that you want to do with it. You can go fruity. You can go savory. You can go sweet. You can brine it just like a brisket. You can dry rub it just like a brisket. And it takes those flavors. But the one thing about pork belly that I think kind of trumps out a brisket is the fat content. Okay. Right? I'm sure we've all had that one brisket that someone says is fantastic, and you go and pop it in your mouth, and it's drier than spit. Yeah. Right? I've never had a piece of pork belly where I'm not like, wow, that's deliciously moist, because it's, you know, 40, 50, 60% fat. Um, and, and it takes those flavors so well because the fat just holds on to it, right? Prime example, of course, everyone knows it, is the breakfast meat bacon, right? Yes. Bacon is a pork belly that's been smoked, right? It, it, it's wildly popular, right? Now, of course... Um, <laughs> we're, we're educating at the same time as I'm winning a debate. Um, but for, for me, the, the real crux of it comes down to... Um, it keeps its moisture better. It takes all the same flavors that a brisket can. But because it has a more neutral flavor, you taste more of the flavors that you're putting into it. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're going to use a really great quality chipotle, yeah. you'll taste that rather than tasting beefy chipotle. 
Yeah. Right. You'll actually taste the flavor you're, you're dropping into it. And also, you're not waiting 12 hours for it to cook. You can eat, <laughs> it, eat in about four. If you have a good brisket with a tri-tip and it's not trimmed or anything, sure. and you get it as is, sure. you're going to be basting it, like smoking it in its own fat, so you're going to have that. So wait, if, if you're not trimming it, are you eating the silver skin? <laughs> 18 hours, it doesn't matter if it's there. Silver skin doesn't break down with heat. You know that. <laughs> Got to have good teeth. <laughs> well, you you will come out with a stronger jaw. <laughs> I, I like your points on the pork belly, but like for me, I'll I'll I'll, I'll braise it. Like one thing I learned a few years ago was a great uh, rum and coke braised mm. pork belly. I still do that one. Yeah, yeah, that one's and delicious. That, I've passed that on to other people, and I mean that's great. Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, saying bacon. You're going to take that one, definitely, but I'll, I'm sticking with my beef. You know what? At least it wasn't the crux of my argument. I gave other points, too. But but well, I guess one of the points that you brought up is the pork takes on whatever flavor you yeah. want it to. Yeah. But I think one of the things with beef, you get that beefy flavor, too. So it, it, It's yeah. true. Some people like that beefy flavor. Yeah. For, for me, when you think about the versatility of pork, specifically for things... Like, we're talking about grilling, we're talking about smoking, all of that. You can go cross-culture and see hundreds of different ways to prepare pork. A lot of times, for certain parts of beef, you see very specific ways of doing things. For a long time, you never actually smoked beef brisket, right? You slow-cooked it in the oven because it was so tough and there was so much fiber to it. Whereas with pork... I mean, you can go from the Polynesian islands and see pig roasts where they do the entire pig and that thing cooks for 12 hours and they're putting smoke and rubs and stuff on it. You can go down to Tennessee and they're smoking a whole hog, but they're brushing it down with their vinegar sauces, right? You can go into Carolina and see different styles, right? I suppose when you really break it down, it comes down to who the the grill or pit master is and what their tendencies are. Yeah. Because... I'll follow up with you in October because I'm heading down to Kansas for a barbecue. <laughs> FedEx food. <laughs> Kansas City barbecue is I don't want so FedEx. That's competition. <laughs> Canada Post ain't international. Uh, but for, for me, just because there's so much that you can do, I mean, the Japanese have great styles for doing smoked pork. Um, they, I, I've seen wonderful things where they've turned smoked pork into like a pork bonito flake and turn it into a ramen. Nice. And then never, I've never seen that with beef. There's just so much more versatility to a pork. Whereas, I mean, if you put a pile of a pound of smoked brisket in front of me, you'll need a wheelbarrow to get me home. It's delicious. It, I just don't find it to have that versatility. So I'm going to yell out to the audience. Um, who likes Kevin's uh, pork belly versus, or sorry, Alex's pork belly versus Kevin's I just want to win. Uh, we're not <laughs> swapping. I, I, I practiced all of that on my way up. I want you want to get the car. And some favorite pork belly? I like, I like pork belly, but I, I, I like brisket too, but I like brisket. Ah, two to one for brisket. Oh. I'll take it. Yeah, we'll take... Uh, Brisket for Kevin. I was there. You go. May long weekend. I'm doing another brisket. Then. <laughs> I thought I thought the argument would have been one with just bacon. You know what? I didn't want to rely on just saying bacon as my argument too much, 
but uh, looks like life. I should have. Yeah. I, I should have. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, so one of my favorite things, I love sausages. Whether, you know, it doesn't matter, like, a good bratwurst or, like, Spalumbo sausage just makes some really good sausages. Yeah, they're, they're great. Um, Those are delicious. Yeah. Really good. I, I like good chorizo. Like, I like the spiciness. But what we're going to talk about here, Alex, you're taking a dry rub or a dry sausage. Yeah. Versus your more traditional um, European sausage. Yeah. Um, you got to go first last time. Alex, why, why the dry sausage? Well, I, I love sausage just in general, right? Uh, whether it's a fresh style like the Germans do their bratwurst versus uh, maybe an English banger, all the way okay. through to a brined and cured sausage. But for me, the epitome of what a sausage can be is when you're able to eat it cold. Right? And you can really only do that either with a, a sausage that you've cooked, and then you're eating a cold-cooked sausage, which isn't very pleasant, or doing dry cure. And yeah. for me, dry cure takes it because of its versatility, because as you dry, you're intensifying those flavors. So if you were to close your eyes and take a slice of really good dry-cured pepperoni, you'll taste pork, you'll taste the fat, you'll taste the spices, you'll taste the fennel seed that they put into it, because it's had time to sit there, marinate with itself, and, and really concentrate those flavors as you as you shrink it down. One thing you mentioned that I find interesting is something like a chorizo, you can actually find in both styles. That's what I was thinking yeah. is, right? yeah. A fresh chorizo is delicious, right? I love doing fresh chorizo into, you know, sautéing dishes, or onto flatbreads, <coughs> things like that. But if I'm one of my favorite things to do is actually for, for date night for me and my wife is we actually sit down to a charcuterie platter, right? Nice. Whether it's a, a prosciutto, which isn't a dried cured sausage, just a dried ham hock, or going into Genoa salamis and chorizos and um, sopressadas and things like that. For me, the fact that you can sit down and enjoy it and taste each individual element and how it's married together, that's why I like it, right? And it doesn't go bad in fast in the fridge if you forget about yeah. it. Good argument. Kevin, well, why Why the more traditional? Oh, um, that's going to be hard to follow up on. Just, um, you did, could just say bacon. Do you want some dried chorizo? We, pork we, we, sausage we, classifies as bacon, so, right? <laughs> um, Depends if you made it with pork belly, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know both. If you go with your... Uh, dried and cured for charcuterie or your European style, both of them take in equal amounts of work with the grind, the casing, and, and prepping them and stuff like that. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just I. growing up, I had more of the European style sausage opposed to the charcuterie. and only got into that later on down the road. So I still had the appreciation for what I came up on and just with the family background from Europe food. So it kind of stuck with me more. And then, I don't know, like, as you said, like with bangers and mash and like you can pair, everything can be paired up together. But just certain things, like if it's a cold pairing or a hot pairing, just more on that aspect than anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. What you're you're talking about there is something that I bring up a lot in the podcast is uh, nostalgia eating. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So, I, I guess you're both making compelling arguments. I, 
I like the dry sausage. I love it on a security board like you're talking oh, about. I mean, even, even something simple like a pepperoni pizza. Yeah. Right? That's dry cured meat. Yeah. Whereas, if you take a look at it and you do something, take pizza again as an example, you can find classic Italian sausage that's not been dry cured. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think we're arguing two sides of the same coin here, where it's if I get one or the other, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. yeah. So, again, dry sausage versus what? I don't want to say it's a wet sausage. Fresh. Makes, yeah, fresh. fresh. We'll, we'll fresh. say fresh. Yes. That way it doesn't sound awkward. <laughs> yes. Unappealing. Um, audience? I don't know your... What's it called? Your The charcuterie? So like sliced pepperoni and stuff like that. I don't know that that much. You just really don't. I believe there's some on a platter in the kitchen. <laughs> Be, before we vote, let's do some sampling. <laughs> yeah, like your tri- like pepperoni sticks are on. Yeah, pepperoni yeah, sticks are almost that. Oh, that is. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, dry sausage, raise your hands. Fresh sausage? Fresh for now. It looks like it's a 50-50. We got a 50-50 one. I'll shake your hand for a draw. Good game. Good game. Oh, that's good. Um, I'm just going to take a quick time out for a commercial break. So... Sit back, listen to this commercial, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose where you buy your energy from. If you choose Park Power, your money stays here. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local charities that are working to make a difference for their community. Shopping local is very important to Park Power owner Chris Kosaki, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. To learn more, go to parkpower.ca. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to the ad. Um, so next next thing, passionate about for something that I'm passionate about, chicken wings. Oh, so good. Wing night. Every night's wing night. And every night should be a wing night. It should be. Um, all right, so flats versus drummies. Gavin, you're taking flats. Flats, yeah. Alex, you're taking drummies. Yeah, I think I started last time, so let's yeah. swing it yeah. over. Wings is finger food. Break them open, get in, get dirty. You know, like, I have no problems. But why the flat part? Why is that better than the drummy? Easier access to the meat, and you don't have to look like you're wasting half of it. I, I, I think I'm disagreeing with the easier access comment. I just... Skin come off, you got it right on uh, two I, sides. So I, you don't I, I think I'm around. disagreeing with the skin coming off comment, too. Yeah. What? Well, no, well, you're still eating it. Okay. okay. I'm not going to waste it. I, I don't know. I just I find those ones easier. I think I'm and I, I'm that guy, even after all the years in the kitchen, I'll say, if it's possible, could I get flats opposed uh, I, I, That's a bold choice. I, I've never gone to a restaurant and asked just for I, I think I'm losing or... respect for you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what did I sign up for today? I, 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 I don't get why you like the flats. I, I, I don't get it. The, the, the drums are easier. It gives you a handle. You could, hold, you could double fist the drums if you wanted, <laughs> right? Like, like right there. Easier access to the meat. You literally... The flats are like a cop of corn, though. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, you could rotate the drum like a cobblecorn and just get all the meat one-handed. Look, Ma, one hand. Like, I, I, I don't know. And they I'll, tend to I'll hold... Say, I'll say the drums 
I'll, I'll give you one credit for the drums because you still have to hold the pint of beer while you're eating the other one. That, that, that's perfect. I'm not giving you any credit for the flats. No, no points of credit. No, that's just bad. You, you want to get in there and then you're going to, like, both fingers on, on the wing and then you're going to go grab your, your glass of beer and get your glass all dirty? Like, come on, have, have a little class. A little class. It's, it's wing night. That doesn't happen. Hey, hey, you're, you're a chef. You know, you know the breading system, right? One dry, one wet. Same thing applies. Dry hand for the beer, wet hand for the wing. Right? Maybe he could use a straw. <laughs> a grown 40-year-old man using a straw? Look who we're talking about. <laughs> He's the kind of person that wants to eat a flat of a wing. Valid point. He, he also likes NASCAR, so we can't judge too much. Wah, wah, wah. for hours on end is fine. Come on. Hey, at least if you stand up to get your flat, you don't miss anything. Oh, wow. So I, I think I'm going to help Kevin out here just, sure. just for a bit. I already have my verdict because I love the drumette. But the flats have one thing going for them. Okay. Besides my wife likes them. <laughs> but Smart choice. If you take your flat, put your fingers at the top, push the meat down, you have yourself a meat umbrella. Okay. Okay. I, I, That's the only I, thing going for. So, so I'm, I'm going to argue something. If you grab the drumstick and hold it up without pushing down at all, you have almost the same shape. Yes. Oh, with, no. with, with no effort. I, I'm, I'm just trying to throw him a little bone here. Uh, or two. There's, there's two bones well, in the flat. Well, after he's done, because I'm not sure if there's going to be any bones left with all the effort he's putting in there. <laughs> might, might have found a way to make bone dust there, champ. Drummond's is his for now. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, or either that or you're not coming to wing night. <laughs> all, all I got to say is you're my best friend going to wing night because you're saying I want all flats. I'm going, I'll just take all his drums. Yeah. There you go. Um, take one for the team. Good job. <laughs> I believe in a good wing partner. Um, well, I, I have one because she likes w- would, would that be called a wing man? Yes. The ultimate wing man. But in our PC society, maybe it should be a wing partner. Wing person. Person kind. Uh, uh, Ke- Kevin, do you identify as a man? Yes. Wing man. Okay. Settled. I should have asked that first. <laughs> Sometimes I identify as a bottle of Crown Royal. <laughs> so, again, I'm going to throw this one right out to the audience. Drumette versus flat. We, we know you're... I was going to say, we know your wife is saying flat. 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 I got one flat. Um, I'm the drum. You're the drum too. I think you're flat. You told me flat. Are you trying to say that? I was wondering why you told me to say that. Flat. So we got two flats versus a drum. Uh, yeah. P- people are allowed to make mistakes. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fine. It's so true. People have flaws. We love them anyways. 